Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Carbon Curve Podcast. I'm your host, Naeem Merchant. And this is a podcast about bending the curve on climate change by removing billions of tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, a process known as carbon removal or CDR. According to the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, it is now nearly impossible to fend off the worst effects of climate change without massive amounts of carbon removal. In fact, keeping global warming below 2 degrees Celsius could require as much as 11 billion tons of carbon removal every year by 2050. That's like running today's oil and gas sector in reverse. Pulling down even a fraction of that amount of carbon dioxide will be a monumental undertaking, the one that the UN calls essential to meeting our climate goals. Over the past few years, I've been immersed in carbon removal, working as a consultant and thought partner to startups, policy groups, and research organizations on scaling up the climate technologies to meet this challenge. In that journey, I've met inspiring entrepreneurs, activists, scientists, and policy experts advancing bold ideas to remove CO2 from the atmosphere. I launched this podcast to highlight the work these folks are doing with the goal of making carbon removal more interesting and more accessible to people. Scaling up carbon removal is not just a technical or scientific endeavor, it's multidisciplinary. It demands we mobilize people, companies, and governments to rise to the size and complexity of the challenge. So instead of getting into the weeds about a company's technology or scientist's climate model, I'll focus this podcast on the collective action imperative, with the aim of helping listeners appreciate the many different ways they can have an impact in this field. You see, this podcast is not just for people working on climate. It's for anyone who is curious about climate change and wants to explore an entirely new path to doing something about it. It's for people who are concerned about this global threat, but are optimistic that the right combination of innovation and political will can help us avert disaster. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you're interested in getting deeper on carbon removal, please subscribe to my newsletter at carboncurve.substack.com. Finally, if you have any feedback on the show or want to get in touch, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn. So without further delay, let's get started. Today, our guest is Jason Hockman. Jason is the co-founder and senior director of the Direct Air Capture Coalition. Since graduating from Brown University in 2010, he has worked on climate and energy-related issues in the public, private, and nonprofit sector with stints at Demos, the Department of Defense, and Con Edison. He spent the last year building the Direct Air Capture Coalition. Jason Hockman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that kind introduction. Before we start talking about Direct Air Capture Coalition and, and carbon removal, tell us about Direct Air Capture itself. Yes, so Direct Air Capture refers to an emerging suite of technological engineered methods for removing carbon dioxide from the ambient air. Direct Air Capture is one of several different methods of carbon dioxide removal, or, or CDR, that range from purely nature-based solutions, such as reforestation or uh, certain types of regenerative agriculture to the more technological or engineer-based methods such as direct air capture. There has been a real explosion in interest in CDR in recent years with the UN IPCC recently in an April report deeming it essential and unavoidable to be able to hit any of the international goals of limiting climate change to 1.5 degrees Celsius. There is no way that we can really do that in any pathway without large scale deployment of carbon dioxide removal of which direct air capture will have a large role to play. And tell us more about the direct air capture coalition. Give us some background on you know, what it is and how it got started. 
Yeah. So direct air capture, as I was alluding to, has a very large role to play in the carbon dioxide removal puzzle. There are several reasons for that. It has a more limited land use and water requirements. In addition to having a great amount of flexibility in being able to site locations, there is the permanence and durability and measurability of carbon dioxide that has been removed. And there are also a wide variety of different commercial applications for carbon dioxide that has been captured by that method. So with the understanding that this is a very critical key tool that we need to use to be able to address climate change, we were not and we are not moving fast enough in that regard. And there is a need, we felt that there is a need to establish a nonprofit global multi-stakeholder uh, coalition organization to help educate, engage, and mobilize around deploying direct air capture technology at the pace and scale that climate science says is required. So what we are trying to really uh, accomplish is to help educate key actors and, and the general public about what this is and what role it has to play, help facilitate connectivity and collaboration throughout the space, and also engage with key sto stakeholders throughout the, the broader market ecosystem. So we are trying to both build out and serve as the, the connective tissue that any healthy and robust sector needs to thrive. It sounds like the big problem you're trying to solve is uh, trying to, to scale it up faster in order for it to really meet its potential. Would you say that's right? And are there other big problems you're trying to solve? Absolutely. I think faster and better. And in the way that I think about that is that there's been an explosion of interest in direct air capture recently, which is extraordinarily encouraging. That being said, we have to get these technologies deployed at a rapid, rapid pace. And the more that we can help facilitate collaboration, connectivity, being a platform for education and engagement, we think we can help, you know, facilitate a, a quicker scaling because the need is, is urgent. The other factor is doing it better right now, as I'm saying, there's, there's a massive growth of interest in this space, but there's a risk that this becomes a, a wild west free for all and what we're trying to do is, and in the nature of our organization, being a nonprofit, being a multi-stakeholder coalition, we understand that there are a lot of ways that this can benefit actors. We want to have, you know, the voices of the stakeholders across the broader ecosystem to be a part of how this sector evolves. Yeah. And why is there focus on DAC specifically? Why not? include other CDR approaches? So great question. And there are a number of organizations that are doing tremendous work in the broader CDR space. And they have DAC within their, you know, their broader portfolio of carbon dioxide removal and, and climate solutions. What we see as there being a gap is that there is no, or there was no non-commercial nonprofit entity solely focused on the director capture space. So we think that we can provide an in-depth understanding of the key challenges and opportunities facing the space, continuous current real world, real time information to inform 
stakeholders and key actors and the ability to, to see and share best practices uh, across geographies to really address this, this global challenge. And what we want to do is to work with those groups. We don't want to be duplicative. You know, we don't want to duplicate existing efforts. We want to help amplify their impact and being a resource and a conduit for information from, you know, the frontline practitioners to the other folks who, who have a stake and an interest in this space. I think the connective tissue approach makes a ton of sense and try and find ways to work with other of CDR entities and system actors is really the right way to go. You know, 2022 has been a big year for carbon removal. One of the big developments this year has been the Department of Energy's three and a half billion dollar five-year DAC hub initiative, an unprecedented investment in direct air capture. What should people know about this policy and how is the DAC coalition involved? So the three and a half billion dollar direct air capture hubs program is by far the biggest government investment in direct air capture. And the way that this program is designed and operates and the end result will be really, really important for where this field goes in the coming decades. So we want to be a resource for both the policy designers and implementers at the Department of Energy, the folks who are really putting this program together and implementing it, as well as for the actual practitioners. So being a, a form for, or, or a conduit for information in and out. So to be able to help both sides understand how this can best work, because if this is successful, it can be a replicable policy around the world. As we were, you know, as, as we've discussed, there is a real potential for direct air capture and, and car moving more broadly to become a, a massive new industrial sector and having policies like the direct air capture hubs program as something that other nations, other governments can point to and take the lessons learned and this, you know, hopefully successes and best practices that come out of that and be able to implement it, you know, in other jurisdictions and other nations could be tremendously helpful. In addition to, of course, building the space, building the market ecosystem, building the, the companies and really identifying which methods are, are going to work best and, and are the most scalable. It seems like the Direct Air Ca Capture Coalition is really well positioned to have a high leverage role here with DAC hubs. You know, you can kind of help make sure that, you know, that three and a half billion has the biggest impact possible. And then as you alluded to, there's then an opportunity for this to become a blueprint for policies around the world. And so it just seems like you are really well positioned right now to have a big impact in this space, particularly with the DAC Hub initiative, which I highly recommend people learn more about. So just to pivot to the private sector, in the last few months, you know, we've seen direct air capture companies secure a lot of private capital, including Climeworks securing $650 million in funding, as well as newer direct air capture companies like Heirloom and Verdox, each, I think, securing $50 million in venture funding in their Series A. What do you say to folks who might interpret that as DAC getting 
you know, a disproportionate amount of resources and attention relative to all the other CDR approaches out there. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate the the folks at the Climeworks, Heirloom, Verdax for, for those recent announcements. I think overall, we need more money going into all manner of carbon dioxide removal and, and climate solutions more, more broadly. The more, the better. Last year, according to Bloomberg New Energy Finance, over $720 billion went into the energy transition and, and decarbonization. The amount that went into carbon removal of that was a rounding error. Yet, as you're alluding to, that's starting to change. I think that even over the next few months, as other direct air capture startups announce their, their latest fundraising rounds, we'll likely hit over a billion dollars before the end of 2022, if not before the end of, if not sometime in, in Q3, potentially. That being said, I think that if you are working on enhanced uh, weathering or biomass carbon removal and sequestration or direct ocean capture or biochar or any of those other carbon dioxide removal solutions, I wish you the best and I hope you have great success in raising money because the simple truth is we need more money for all of them. I don't know what the optimal mix is in terms of how to divide a set pot of money between different uh, solutions. I don't think that is a productive way to think about it either, though. I think we need to grow that pie, so to speak, and do more to support the plethora of options out there because we need all of them. There are going to be, there are going to be benefits and challenges with all of those approaches, including direct air capture and the more resources, the more energy, you know, wherewithal going into this, the better off, uh, will be. Totally agree. And, and I think that's a much more productive framing. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your member organizations. What is the typical profile and, and what are they hoping you're able to solve for them as a member of the DAC coalition? So we have a range of direct air capture companies. 22 at the moment that we started with out of global in scope, those companies come from 10 different countries. There are a host of different methods and novel approaches that these different companies use. And you can, I highly recommend that folks go to our, our website, daccoalition.org and under resources, check out the, the DAC company directory so that you can learn more about these emerging innovators in the director capture space and what their particular technology offering is and how they see their approach being able to scale. So of course the director capture companies are critical component of the director capture coalition, but we also have a number of aligned stakeholder organizations and partners leading civil society, NGO, ab policy advocacy groups, and academic and research institutions, such as the Clean Air Task Force, the University of Michigan Global CO2 Initiative, Klaus Lackner's Center for Negative Carbon Emissions at Arizona State University. Klaus Lackner, of course, seminal figure in direct air capture, nicknamed the, the godfather of that because he was really the first person to really, at, at the turn of the 21st century, surmise that this could be done. And, and 
prove that he's on our advisory board. So we started out with this core of director capture technology companies and aligned nonprofit stakeholder partners. But our plan is to build out from there to incorporate more actors across the broader value chain and market ecosystem. And I want to emphasize that we are not a traditional trade association or industry lobbying group. This is a public spirited, climate focused, multi-stakeholder coalition organization. And so we want to be able to incorporate the broader market landscape and, and ecosystem in their stakeholders. So the director capture companies, their storage or sequestration utilization partners, their supply chain partners, corporate carbon removal off takers, academic and research institutions, policy advocacy groups, representatives from impacted communities, so that everyone feels that they have a voice and a platform for helping shape the way this sector develops. And, and the other thing that stands out to me in the way you're approaching this is it's not just focused on any one geography. This is a global platform. And so I love the focus on getting a diverse group of organizations and entities involved in the Direct Air Capture Coalition. Tell me more about the global nature of solving this problem and how that coalition thinks about that. This is a global problem and it will require a global solution. So in addition to, to Klaus Lackner, who, who we discussed earlier, another member of our initial advisory board is, is James Mwangi. He is the executive director of the Dahlberg Group, a leading international development consulting firm. He is located out of, out of Kenya and he has a very compelling vision for climate action and carbon removal to be a real economic engine, a driver of job growth and economic development across what particularly in Africa and specifically East Africa and Kenya. There are a number of factors in that region that could allow them to be real carbon dioxide removal powerhouses. So I think there is this idea of global climate justice or, or carbon dioxide removal as a form of climate reparations for wealthy developed nations to pay to remove the, the carbon dioxide that they have put in the atmosphere. And that is really impacting most severely less developed nations who were less a part of creating the, the problem. And I totally agree with that, that there is that the cost of this, that the burden, so to speak, you know, should be on the, the nations that have caused that problem. That being said, I don't necessarily think that looking at it as a burden is, is the right framing because if, if Western governments or companies in the voluntary market are supporting the growth of what will be a trillion dollar industry by paying other startups and companies in the uh, global North, so to speak, who are working with global North supply partners and employing, you know, global North workers and saying that that's a favor to everyone else. It seems to be missing a part of the picture when we can use this as an opportunity to help develop local industries across the world, not just in already, uh, wealthy nations. 
yeah, I'm really, really impressed with the, the scale of the ambition. I think taking that global view is absolutely essential. And, you know, I kind of come from the international development world myself and came away with the same impression as I started learning about carbon removal, which is this is an economic opportunity that needs to be shared and having someone on your advisory board who can bring that international lens, I think will be tremendously valuable. And I think will really set, set this new coalition apart. These are really exciting developments. I'm really happy for all the progress you've been able to make in such a short period of time and excited about the launch of this initiative and we'll be keeping tabs on it. And with that being said, how can people get involved and get in touch with the Direct Air Capture Coalition? First thing is I would recommend that people go to our website, dacoalition.org and click on the join us uh, form on our website and submit that as well as contact us or just send an email to info at dacoalition.org, or you can contact me directly at jason at dacoalition.org. This is going to be a big effort and we want to be inclusive and need the support and input and resources that folks across the world and across different industries and skill sets and experience levels ha have to offer. I think that there is tremendous opportunity for everyone and every organization to have an outsized impact in the growth of this sector. And your skills, your contributions can really make, make a difference and, and add great, great value. So if you have ideas for us, if you want to join, if you have a question, please don't hesitate to, to reach out and, and we'll do our best to help you and help the sector more broadly. Jason, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else that we were hoping to talk about that we didn't get to today? There is so much that we could we could talk about in this space, but we only have so much so much time here. So I just want to thank you so much for that time and for this platform. And I'm looking forward to hearing all the other conversations you'll be having going forward with leaders and innovators in, in this space. So thank you again.